1: It is Wednesday, January 1st, 2014. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> this is the very first episode of Purple Mafia in 2014. But overall, this is episode number 161 of Purple Mafia, which is available on the thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, I think, each and every one of you. Always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to bring the show to you each week or so. (laughs) Generally, well, weekly during the season. season, Off-season can be every two weeks or who knows. (laughs) Depending on how news comes, who knows? Maybe even two shows in a week sometimes. You never know. Especially with a lot of the news that's come. Apologize the show wasn't recorded sooner. Had other shows to record. And then, of course, uh, New Year's Eve last night, had to go with my fiancé. So, couldn't really record. I was like, oh, yep, I'll record Tuesday. I'm like, oh, crap, I can't. So, I apologize for that. Got Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion done the other two nights. Kind of had to get, uh, Timberwolves had had to strike while the iron is hot with Timberwolves Explosion Monday. So, that's kind of why. You never know (laughs) what when I'm going to have forecaster available. Alright, anyhow, to the, to the point, well, it's the end of eras. The end of multiple eras here with the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, well, there were, as I predicted, three things came to an end. At least three major things came to an end. Other things will be following, uh, but three major things came to an end on Sunday into Monday. The Metrodome had its very last game. Leslie Frazier was fired very early Monday morning, 8 a.m. or so, 8 a.m., 7.30 a.m. was when the report was coming around. Uh, and Jim Schwartz later in the day was fired. Uh, what's really funny is there were reports that Cleveland <laughs> might be interested in Jim Schwartz, which is really kind of funny. Okay, whatever. Uh, so that's pretty goofy. That's Cleveland for you. Um, so yes, the Vikings won 14 to 13, finishing the season five, 10, and one. Yeah, I've said it before. it's a hockey record, right? but because you get the tie in there, I'll stop saying it. Uh, yes, he was the Leslie uh, Fraser is the first coach out of several to finally have a tie on his record. The last coach to have a tie with the Minnesota Vikings was Bud Grant way back in the day in the late 70s, 1978. In Lambeau Field of all things, so yeah, history repeats itself, it just takes a while sometimes, about 35 years, so uh, yeah it's the end of eras in a lot of ways can't imagine Christian Ponder will start a game for the Vikings at any point in time, though he is under contract for the Vikings, next with the Vikings next year Uh, Matt Castle has a player option, Josh Freeman can let the door hit him where the good Lord split him I mean, good riddance, that was a line I stole from uh, Brent Jacobson he's probably yep and obviously I'm sure other people have said it before but you know Brent's the one that's uh the most famous person to, to, to say it to me yes yes Brent Jacobson yep thank you for that <laughs> so yes we're gonna kind of review the game but we're more here to kind of talk about the nudes and the you know what's to come and all that good stuff here in the first segment segment second, second segment obviously won't be a preview for the Minnesota Vikings but it will be an overall playoff preview. As per usual, we will cover the playoffs here on Preble Mafia. Would like to have Dylan Richardson on, but he's been uh, MIA lately. So, uh, hopefully I can reach you. If you're listening, Dylan, hopefully get a hold of me. Would like to have him on board to review and preview playoff games during this month here of January. This very fun month of January. So, there's a way to get past the oh gosh, it's January, it's boring, Christmas is over, and that is boring. But And it's cold out, but hey, you get playoffs every Sunday. Really fun Saturday in the early round here. But um, early couple rounds here. But, um, yeah. But then that gets boring when there's only like one game left. But, <laughs> well, not too boring. Foot Football playoffs are always fun. Those are the other sports where it gets more and more boring when all of a sudden there's no games on anymore. It's just a couple games left, like in the NBA and NHL. But, yeah, that's the gist. And, of course, as per usual, there is a uh, third segment, which is the fan reaction Simply go to Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. For that, click like for Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show or just at Purple Mafia Show and follow that. Very simple. We did have a call-in today. We'll be getting to that in the third segment. And as per usual, that will lead off the third segment. It is uh, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Weigh in about Frazier. talk about who the next coach will be. Who should the real blame be towards? It's, uh, well, there's there's blame that can go all, all around. Um, I do agree with the firing. Um, I'm not overly thrilled about it, like, yeah, get him out of here. Like, it kind of got that way with Dennis Green because he was just too much. I mean, he was just, you had players acting crazy and the coach just saying, no comment about everything. That drove me nuts. Childress getting fired was obviously good news for most people. As well, Mike Tice, I wasn't too happy about that because, as much of a mess as Mike Tice was, he was finally starting to figure it out, and then you fire him. Okay, cute. Uh, in Fraser's case, it seemed like he was uh, a nice calming influence at first, but then the team was a kind of a, was definitely a mess. Not very well coached in 2011 uh, with a three and thirteen record, as we all remember. Lots of things went into that poor coaching. Uh, Donovan McNabb derailed the uh, beginning of the team. Obviously, that year was eerily similar to this one, where, where there were a lot of last-second losses late in that game, late in the, in the games, in the, early that season. And Donovan McNabb was a lifeless corpse out there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, as he basically said in a press conference of some sort, he was like, "I'm coming for you, Burger King." It sounded like he was much more interested in Burger King than, um, yeah. Being a quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings in a potential playoff team, cute. Uh, 2012 started very well. It started okay, and then it went down the toilet for a while. And Paul Charchin went on there. Uh, the was it the post-game show on Channel Nine around here, Fox. Uh, Paul Charchin of. KFAN fame, league safe. Uh, you know, I, I like Paul Charchin a lot. I'm actually Facebook friends with him and I've actually had some responses with him. Uh, he actually called out Frazier that year, last year, <laughs> at one point in time, saying that uh, yep, it's time to change the coaching staff because they clearly aren't making the proper adjustments and such. And uh, I didn't blame him for that. Other people much later in the year thought about the playoff game when the coaching staff, especially the offensive side of the ball, made zero adjustments um, when Joe Webb had to start against the Green Bay Packers. Why not go with a spread offense versus this uh, whatever the hell it is with Christian Potter, this semi-West Coast, um, I don't even know what the hell it is, and I don't think they ever really said anything much. (laughs) It's like a semi-West Coast offense, you could call it. Kind of a vanilla West Coast offense. Yes. Um, They didn't go to a spread offense, which would have been more successful with a Joe Webb type who looked pretty good early in that game, at least running the ball, (laughs) never passing. And um, those adjustments were not made. And that was all she wrote with that playoff game. It was a complete non-factor. So people were pretty much thinking, hey man, what is this? This coaching staff doesn't adjust to to the different quarterback. What the hell is that? What are you doing? And then this year it's like, yeah, well... I'm going to really get into the review on State of the Vikings 2013. That's usually after the Super Bowl. 2014, excuse me, I'll call it. Because, yeah, State of the Vikings 2014 is when we review the season in general. That's after the Super Bowl. We have our MVP, biggest surprise, which is usually in a positive way for a player, and biggest disappointment for a player. Mm, It'll probably be pretty easy who to pick there, but uh, I'll give you my choices later, and you'll be more than welcome to post that on the Facebook page when I add a thread for it so wait for it now wait for it (laughs) just for the sake of being organized it's a lot easier to do a show when everything's in one column instead of spread all over the place but yeah it it is easier to do a show especially when you're the executive producer of the show (laughs) the editor and the host it's yeah it's one of those things so just letting you know about that otherwise good luck doing the show by yourself out there as well (laughs) guys (laughs) anyhow um yeah, Leslie Frazier, it's just, it's a big mess. It, greatest guy ever, according to just about everybody. And you can tell he is. Um, good Christian guy, very calm, very, very well respected. A kind of guy a lot of these players would run, run through a wall for. But he hired the wrong assistants without a doubt. Bill Musgrave looked a little better later in the year. Bill, uh, capable of some good coaching, but in a lot of times not, and obviously that playoff game was a huge example of not adjusting when you need to. So Bill have clearly a below average uh, offensive coordinator according to most people, obviously, and according to myself as well. Alan Williams is the worst defensive coordinator in football, and there is no doubt about it. A complete mess, it started right away in the second game of the season this year against the Chicago Bears it's like, oh, wait a minute, wait, we have the wrong set up oh, touchdown. you know, it's like the old tech mobile thing. You have the wrong play set out for the uh, you have literally the wrong type of defense set up for the offense that they're about to do, the Bears, that is, and it was just a wide open throw in the flat. I believe it was Bennett, if I remember correctly. And uh, that was it. It was like a fifty yard touchdown with no nobody there. You can't really blame that one on Chris Cook. He was crying for help. Help me, please. I'm going to get killed. And that's, uh, yeah, like, please call timeout, which is what a coach would do in that situation, and none of the coaches did it. Mike Prefer. <laughs> I got to talk about Mike Prefer a little bit. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, future head coach in this league. That's the special teams coordinator. Um, he may have some... Pe- he may have some... Of what it takes to be a head coach in this league, he has a lot of energy, a lot of fire, and we've seen it. But I'm telling you, when I think about Mike Prefer, I think about that in- incredible bleep up. I almost said something there, bleep up against the uh, Cleveland Browns. That's that's the kind of mistake that can't be done. If you know that that is a that is a fireball offense right there when cleveland the Cleveland Browns. Failed, uh, excuse me. faked a field goal, and it was plain as day they were going to. There was a receiver standing wide open with nobody within miles of him, literally. And no one called a timeout to say, oh, hey, 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 whoa, you know. So there's usually more to when a team calls a timeout than just trying to ice the kicker in that situation. Now, yeah, Cleveland was lining up for a field goal, but obviously we most of you out there know what happened. It was a wide open pass to the tight end. It was a tight end. Uh, their star tight end, for a touchdown, completely uncontested. There was nobody even near him. Uh, So, yeah, I think about that when I think about Mike Prefer. Now, I know you can't judge a guy on one play, one play, but that did bug me quite a bit. And I didn't really, again, I mentioned much earlier, I didn't like the way he kind of, I didn't like the way he humiliated Tyrone McKenzie Back in the preseason, when he got a holding call on a on a touchdown from I believe Marcus Sherrill's, Um I believe it was Marcus Sherrills. or, wh- or was it uh, Feldman? I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. It's so long ago. Um, got a holding call, and then Prefer basically like lit him up, lit him up, and kept lighting him up, and he was just making a big scene. And it's like, dude, come on, you know. <laughs> I know, yes, it's a bad mistake, but I think he publicly humiliated him, and I think that kind of stuff doesn't go over too well. With that said, though, the Cordero Pattersons of the world love him and swear by him, and okay, sure. Not somebody I would consider for the head coaching job. Would I consider keeping him as the special teams coordinator or coach? Uh, Sure. Okay. Sure. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Uh, Head coach, no. It's too, obviously... I don't think he's somebody I want coaching this team right now as the head coach. Possibly keep him as a special teams coordinator. Okay. So that's where things go there. (sighs) Coaches and coaches and coaches. Uh, Who is on the chopping block? Well, obviously, the Houston coach has already been fired and replaced with Bill O'Brien. So Bill O'Brien is off the table for the Minnesota Vikings. He would have been the most extensive of the bunch because... Not only do you have to pay him a decent amount of money, like $4 million a year or so to be a head coach of your team, which you know I'm sure the Wilfs will be more than capable of doing, and I'm sure they would be more than interested of doing if it's the right guy, but you have to write a check for $6.5 million to Penn State to buy him out of his contract as well over there. So it's uh, it's expensive. That's like $11 million for the first year right there. So hello, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, And obviously Bill O'Brien... Has been successful wherever he's gone. He was pretty successful as the head coach of Penn State after what they had to go through with Joe Paterno, God rest his soul, and of course the other sob that was the <laughs> that was his assistant. We all know what happened there, and if you don't know what's, we, there's no new reason to really go into it anymore. Anyway, it's old news now. Um, obviously, it's not old news for the victims, but you get the idea. Just. Yeah, that story was run quite a bit. Just Google it if you don't know anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you know about it. Um, well, Tom Coughlin still got a job with the New York Giants as of right now, so wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, Shiano fired from Tampa Bay, along with the general manager, as expected. James Schwartz fired from Detroit. Um, Mike Smith of Atlanta, not fired yet. I'm kind of surprised Jason Garrett not fired from the Dallas Cowboys after their collapses, multiple collapses as, as usual. <laughs> uh, even even <laughs> even Kyle Orton couldn't escape the uh, the Romo curse. That was pretty funny. Philadelphia Eagles in the postseason. We'll get that that in the second segment. We're not going to review those games as much as we're going to um, you know preview the upcoming ones. Maybe we'll look at them briefly just to kind of show how the teams are playing currently um, going into the postseason. Uh, who else has been fired? Mike Shanahan is gone. Of course, we know that. Yes, Mike Shanahan fired immediately. Any any thoughts of bringing him here is pretty much like what's the point? I, I no, <laughs> no offense to anybody. No, no offense. Trudzinski of uh, the Cleveland Browns, who had that nice gutty win in the Metrodome with uh, with Hoyer at the quarterback, who looked really good before he had an ACL, and unfortunately. Chudzinski, or excuse me, Chudz, I can't even say his name anymore. Chudzinski let go from the Cleveland Browns, so they're looking for a coach again. Like I mentioned, my uh, possibly Jim Schwartz, which is really freaking scary. And yes, Leslie Frazier is gone. Yes, sir. Lovey Smith is a possible candidate out there as well. We'll see how things go with that. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Who gets what job? There's a lot of interesting candidates out there. Excuse me. We have uh, Jay Gordon. We're going to get more into that in the uh, fan interaction segment, but still. Yeah, you got all these. Caldwell. Oh, my God. Lions are going to interview Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, the guy who was pretty disappointing in Indianapolis replacing uh, Tony Dungy. I don't know what's going on. They're also possibly interested in Tom Cable, that being the uh, the uh, Detroit Lions. Redskins are interviewing Daryl Bevel. The Vikings are looking at Daryl Bevel and the uh, defensive coordinator in Seattle. So that's going to get interesting. Browns have been granted permission to interview Josh McDaniels. Well, all right then. <laughs> and apparently, John Gruden is not interested in coaching. All righty then. Well, John Gruden is still not interested in coaching. Daryl Bevel, yes, as mentioned, will be interviewed by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he didn't even call his plays here, so I don't know about that. I'm not really too interested with that one. Not too much. He didn't even call his plays under Childress, so eh, we'll see because obviously Daryl Bevel, the former offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, kind of doubt that's going to happen. A, team that could, or excuse me, a coach that could be a very interesting candidate, though, is Dan Quinn. Uh, the defensive coordinator from the Seattle Seahawks, and of course both coordinators out of Denver, Jack Del Rio and Gaze are candidates for the Vikings as well. Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, Gaze, offensive coordinator from the Denver Broncos. Still can't believe that Josh McDaniels is a <laughs> candidate in Cleveland. That's that's the Browns for you. That's that's the Browns, isn't it? It really is. Um, Ken Wisenhunt is another very interesting name, of course. Former Arizona Cardinals coach who did a phenomenal job with them. Things didn't end well with Cobb, Kevin Cobb, in Arizona. That really went down the you-know-what over there. No idea what the heck happened other than it just wasn't a match for whatever reason. Winds up as the offensive coordinator for the San Diego Chargers, and now he's a fairly hot candidate to coach somebody. He won't be coaching the Houston Texas. That's the only new coach that's been filled so far. I'm still surprised. How could Atlanta have not fired their coach? Are they nuts? Why is not Atlanta fired their coach? Oakland Raiders haven't fired their coach either. It seems like they fire their coach every five minutes. I mean, they change their coaches more often than than a grasshopper changes his skin or a cricket (laughs) every couple months, seems like. It's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) So those are pretty much, that's pretty much the news going on with the, the coaching carousel once again. Overall, to get back to the Vikings, and we'll get into the Dome again later, again in the fan interaction part, Cordero Patterson shows just how multifaceted he is. And it's something I've been saying, and now the players are starting to say it as well. Cordero Patterson is a big Percy Harvin. He's a large Percy Harvin. Uh, I believe it was Chad Greenway mentioned it on Paul Allen recently. Yeah, Cordero Patterson is a big big Percy Harvin. He can make catches, but obviously he's big too, like a wide receiver too. You can throw you can throw deep to him or Percy, you really couldn't. So he may end up being even better than Percy Harvin. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> it's like, you can't say that. Well, I said it. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, he might end up being better than Percy Harvin. His special teams he's the number one special teams threat in the NFL now. That's another reason why Mike Prefer looks really good. Marcus Shares was one, is one of the other better he's one of the better punt returners in the league. Even though he's fair catch Sheryls, when he actually does make a return, it's like, ooh, you know, now now this is going to get interesting because he might go far. Sheryls, it's like all or nothing. If he doesn't see something, he calls for a fair catch. But if he sees something, he goes and he makes something of it. Now back to the football game, which is, which wasn't much of a football game. I'm glad the Vikings were able to win it. 14-13, to 13, Detroit didn't even show up for the first quarter. You know, I, I'm pretty sure the players want... Mr. Schwartz fired. I'm sure they do. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, Cordero Patterson received a handoff. This was pretty early in the game, actually. He received a handoff from <laughs> obviously Matt Castle and went the distance. It's like, oh, it's Adrian Peterson again. <laughs> Cordell Patterson looked like Adrian Peterson with that one. The way he just kind of went to the side and exploded into the flat, and that was it. Touchdown, Minnesota, 50 yards. It looked like it looked like Adrian Peterson in two thousand and seven, man. The way he would just, the way he just had that third gear and exploded. It was a pretty thing to see, and that's pretty much the highlight of the first half. Other than that, it was just kind of a rough game. Nothing pretty to watch at all. As I try not to cough myself to death here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. A mess. He he got better in the second half. Actually, he had his better game in quite a while. His better game in quite a while, not his best game. We'll just say. Did have a quarterback rating of ninety five point one. One touchdown. No turnovers. Completion percentage in the upper sixties. Completed literally two thirds of his passes. Not bad. Matt Castle was yeah mediocre. Matt <laughs> mediocre. Matt. You know no Castlevania this time around. No Super Castlevania Four like the, the Super Nintendo game. There is no Super Castlevania for Matt unless he actually wins a Super Bowl. That, that's when I would call it Super Castlevania Four. <laughs> but I don't think that that one will ever get released. No, Detroit made a nice little comeback. Actually, took the lead into the fourth quarter. It's like, uh oh, I think Detroit might win this game. <laughs> that's kind of funny. The Vikings offense was complete. It was a complete non-factor in this one. Uh, Vikings defense really stood strong getting several sacks, in fact five of them on Matthew Stafford Jared Allen, yep, Jared Allen's got his double digit sacks again, yay good for you Jared Allen, okay no no, no disrespect, I'm just teasing two sacks for Jared Allen, one sack for Kevin Williams, one for Aaron Henderson, and a very athletic sack by Everson Griffin, really like that one really pushed Matthew Stafford back, and that was a very important point in the game very cool Nice to see the pass rush kind of wake up a bit here in this one. It's kind of like, it was kind of like a let's get it for, obviously let's win one for Leslie. And you know that's what it was because the players love him. Even though it's one of those it is what it is type of things. It's exactly what it is. Love him, hate him, it is what it is. The results weren't there. This is a results league. The Vikings did not have results. And the coach is gone, unfortunately for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the results from the special teams have been good. I just, I just was really bothered by some of the lapses, though, by the special teams at times. The touchdowns they give up, and of course the field goal. Yeah, some of the touchdowns they gave up were really bad, and obviously the field goal, uh, fake field goal situation against Cleveland that buried this team pretty much for the season. That, that was like a surefire sign this team's not going anywhere when that happened. <laughs> it just it derailed the team, folks. Uh, Matt Asiata with an extremely strong game in this one he did lose a fumble but he had a 39-yard scamper that was extremely productive not quite the 50-yarder that Cordero had but it's just crazy how valuable that that, that guy is it was it wasn't a fun game to watch no it was just but it was kind of like old school you could say black and blue football that that was what actually I did like about it it was the old school Vikings in Detroit like the early 90s this is like the early 90s you know with with uh, Rich Gannon or somebody at the quarterback, which Gannon became a great quarterback later in his career, was was okay. I mean, I liked him when he was here. But um, it's not like our offense was generating billions of points back then. Maybe like 91, 92-ish. And Detroit had, uh, had Chris Spielman. Yep, Chris Spielman. Hmm. Yeah, that guy, the one that actually played football and was a really good linebacker with the Detroit Lions and was adequate with the Cleveland Browns much later. Uh, that was a pretty fun team to watch back in the day. Detroit with Rodney Pete and Reggie Bush. No, I'm just kidding. What am I talking about? Deion Sanders. Um, Reggie Bush is the best running back since then, I would have to say, without a doubt. No question. Even though he doesn't put up the gaudiest numbers in the world, he still is, you know, he puts, he puts in the dazzling place. Um, but that's what this was like. It was kind of like turn back the clock to the early 90s, maybe even late 80s. I think the offense is better in the late 80s. Uh, that's what it was like, though. Like, 93. I could even... I, I kind of compare this to 93. Like, yeah. Castle was kind of sl- slow out of the gate, like Jim McMahon type. It was one of those type of games. But, hey, Vikings won. It was a very, very cold day. I'm sure a lot of you were happy that we weren't at TCF Bankfield in that game. I believe it was like six below outside at the time. So, whew, it's an ice bowl without a cause. <laughs> There's not, nothing to play for, it's just an ice ball. So that's basically what things stood <laughs> that's basically where things stood for this game. Just some old school football and that's about it. We're gonna conclude this segment. We will get into the playoff previews and such in segment number two and go from there.
0: Shop on Amazon. Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to the sportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting the sportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now, enjoy
1: the rest of the show.
0: We are
1: going round like And we are back here on Purple Mafia episode number 161, which is a reminder for those of you on your mobile devices, your iPhones, all you have to do is uh, <laughs> look for us on iTunes. For Android devices, simply download Double Twist or some other app that provides podcasts. Double Twist is the main one that I know about. Click on the podcast section of that and look up purple mafia for Windows devices and Blackberry all will have to do a search for us in the store and you'll find us rock and roll all right so let's get to the playoff picture might as well get rolling into that so let's start in the AFC we have the chiefs at the Colts oh Farzay and I feel for you what a strong season you end up not winning the division because Denver is pretty much the best record now them and Seattle both finishing 13 and three on the season top seeds in the league. Rock and roll for them, I suppose. <laughs> Canada City Chiefs finishing 11-5 and after such a strong, strong start. What were they, like 9-0 and at one point? Oh, man, that's got to suck. <laughs> oh, man. The way things collapsed there, I feel for you, Farzine. I do. Still a good team, still a possibility, but I don't think they're going to beat the Colts, unfortunately. It's just one of those things. It's... And they obviously got pummeled by the Colts very recently. That's another serious problem, <laughs> of course. So, yep, unfortunate situation there. Obviously, the Colts also 11-5. and Colts finishing the season with a three-game winning streak. So, good on them. So, I do think they will advance to the second round. In fact, at one point, yeah, I, I had them matching up with the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship. So, My original prediction has the Colts and the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship. That still looks like a strong possibility. That was my original prediction way back in um, uh, late August, early September, and my NFC prediction was San Francisco and Seattle, I believe. I believe it's San Francisco and Seattle, so that's still a possibility as well. We'll see where things head there. Well, yeah, that also kind of depends on who wins and loses, but Ooh, San Francisco's the fifth seed, so they better hope that... <laughs> yeah, shoot. They better hope that the... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, San Francisco may have to play Seattle in the second round. Yeah. Well, that's if the uh, the fourth seed wins, uh, that being the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't think... Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Look at me starting off here way too out of control. So, yes, I have, I'll have the Colts beating the Chiefs. I'm sorry, for Union. They just can't seem to get out of the first round, be it they win the bye. They can't seem to get out of that round either. So yes, yeah, Seahawks, Patriots, Panthers, and Broncos all with the first round bye. Congratulations to them. We won't have to talk about them in this first week, other than who they're going to end up playing, I guess, in the following week. But yeah, we'll see. So uh, yes, the Colts, who are the fourth seed in the AFC, will win that game, and then uh, so yeah, we'll just go with the uh, yeah we'll go with Saturday the Saturday schedule. We'll do it that way. I was gonna I was thinking about going AFC first and then NFC. But uh, no, we'll go with the Saturday schedule. So yes, the Colts start the first game 435 Eastern, so 335 Central, obviously. So 710 Central. The Eagles host the Saints. I'd like to pick the Eagles in this game. In fact, I'd love to see them win, but I do think the Saints win it, which will help San Francisco's chances of not having to play Seattle in the second round. (laughs) <laughs> running into, uh, so yeah, but I mean playing Carolina is not going to be easy either for whoever, I will have the New Orleans Saints beating the Philadelphia Eagles I think the Eagles just aren't ready for the big time just yet, I hate the Saints for obvious reasons, I can't stand them for so many freaking reasons, but obviously the NFC title game and how they handled things after that, and how they handled things before that, nah, not a fan at all, Hate it. I'd love to see them lose, but I'm going to have them beating the Eagles, unfortunately I just think they're too much and I think the Colts, obviously, are playing too strong for the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs are reeling, and they're, they're just, you know, it's not an arrowhead, all that good stuff. The Colts weren't necessarily playing super great not too long ago, but I think they will step up right now, is my humble opinion. But yes, I think the Saints, similar situation with the Eagles. The Eagles are not ready for this game, I don't think. Maybe they'll surprise us. In fact, you know, in playoff history, the Eagles dominated the Saints, so maybe it'll happen again. Maybe history will repeat itself, even though it's a complete different time and place, San Diego heads to the Cincinnati Bengals, the San Diego Chargers win their last four games to make the playoffs, I cannot believe the San Diego Chargers are in the postseason, I'm just utterly stunned, the San Diego Chargers are in the playoffs, oh my god, anyhow, <laughs> San Francisco, uh, excuse me, no, they're, they're going to Cincinnati, um, Boy, I really want to see the Bengals finally, finally win a playoff game. They haven't won a playoff game since 1988, when they went all the way to the Super Bowl. I do think this is the time the Bengals finally win. I'm I'm picking the Bengals again. I'm just such a such a dork, you know, picking the Bengals every time. But no, I I think this Bengals team is ready to advance in the playoffs. I could see Andy Dalton being another Joe Flacco type, possibly, even though he's lost in the playoffs, <laughs> unfortunately. Flacco won right away that's why I was on Baltimore from day one with Joe Flacco in the postseason because he won those games even if he didn't play that well they still won and then he just kept getting better every year and they would always be tough on the road Cincinnati has a home game and I think they're going to go on to win this thing Andy Dalton is going to get it done for the Cincinnati Bengals he keeps getting better each and every year and that is why I'm a fan of Jay Gruden coming to the Vikings possibly as the next head coach the offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals Andy Dalton has progressed every single year under Jay Gruden. I'm impressed. I would like to see Jay Gruden as the head coach of the Vikings. He's one of my top two choices. Him and Ken Wizen are my top two choices. Believe it or not, folks, and we'll get deeper into that as well. All right, uh, I'm going to close this in a second, but first we got to head to the. <laughs> here we go. The rivalry renewed. San Francisco heads to Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears at utter collapse. Obviously, for the San Diego Chargers to make the postseason, things went a bit AWOL there as well. There was a bad call late in that game. The Chargers, in a lot of ways, should not even be here right now. It it should probably be the Miami Dolphins right now, but I guess it's the San Diego Chargers. Good on them, I suppose. Sometimes luck goes your way, I suppose, one way or the other. But yes, the Packers host the San Francisco 49ers. The Packers are not going to win that game. No way. I had the San Francisco 49ers beating Seattle and going to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year and winning it over Denver. That was my original pick. Uh, as of right now, I'm sticking with the 49ers right now, and they are going to beat the Packers. They they own them. I would be very upset if the Green Bay Packers win that game. Oh, Sorry for those of you out there, but uh, that actually might be Packer fans listening to the show. Maybe, maybe you are, but... No, I, I think San Francisco continues their dominance at the Green Bay Packers. I think they're a way, way better football team. Green Bay's mystique at Lambeau has disappeared many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. It wasn't just the New York Giants game in 2007. It wasn't the New York Giants game in 2011. Those are two examples. It was Atlanta way back. and was it 2001. Atlanta, 2001 going into 2002 when the uh, Falcons defeated them. And that was the end of the Packer mystique. That was over 10 years ago at Lambeau Field. Once in a while they win games, but funny, the year that they won the Super Bowl in 2010, the Packers didn't play a single home game that year. So they were the sixth seed. (laughs) Green Bay Packers were the sixth seed in the postseason, went all the way and won it. So yeah, because the Bears won the division that year and the Packers were the wild card. But this year it was between the Bears and Packers to win the division because Detroit choked it away and the Vikings choked their games away early in the season costing the Vikings a chance to be a competitive team this year. I do think San Francisco again continues their dominance over Green Bay. I think they exploit that terrible defense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure he'll be better than he was against Chicago, but I don't think he's going to be completely up to speed like he was earlier in the year and of course in years past. I do see the San Francisco 49ers getting it done. Might end up being a pretty close game, but the 49ers beat the Packers in Lambeau and in candlestick and owed to the candlestick as well. Yes, sir. <laughs> so before we get to segment three and Ode to the Metrodome, I gotta bring up a story that I was that I ran into here is obviously uh Josh Freeman apparently <laughs> that I would have liked to have had on the first segment, but unfortunately I didn't get to it in time. Josh Freeman apparently was late to multiple Vikings media or meetings per report. This from uh S B Nation. Yes, sir, from S B Nation <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I guess that doesn't surprise me. Greg Schiano. I'm sure that's one of the reasons he was pissed off at him. He just seems like the kind of guy that can't focus. He doesn't want to focus, and that's just who he is. The talk seller, he was pretty much one of the last people to show up to everything, basically. <laughs> one of the last players to show up to team uh, facilities, according to one player, Multiple team sources, in fact, four people with knowledge of the situation, this according to Tom Palacero, who's got local ties here, said that Freeman was late for multiple meetings, and one player said that Freeman was often among the last players to team facilities. So clearly, Josh Freeman has checked out as a football player as of right now. Not sure where to go from that. Never really got the vibe that he's a really competitive dude. I would like to believe he is, but not sure what the deal is. Like really, you, you know, you don't want to be a little more serious than this. Maybe it could have been a starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings for a long period of time. Instead, he's, I guess, somebody that doesn't give a damn, and that's where things go. With there, <laughs> that's where things go from there. All right. So, to recap, where my playoff seedings were, my playoff, my future playoff seedings going into round two. I have the Colts advancing, the Saints advancing, the Bengals advancing, and the Forty ers advancing. So that would mean the Saints head to Seattle for another great matchup there. Seahawks have actually owned the Saints over the years. We all know, I, I th- yeah, we'll get into where I think things are going to go from there <laughs> later on, but when it happens, because it probably will, San Francisco would then head to Carolina for a very interesting battle between two athletic quarterbacks, two very good defensive teams, two well-coached teams, um, yeah, two 12-4 teams, two excellent teams. That'll be. Uh, that'll probably be the game of the week next week. So then in the AFC, the Colts are the 4th seed, the Bengals are the 5th, I do believe. <laughs> so that would mean the Colts head to New England. Ooh, yes. The Colts would then head to New England, and then the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals would actually advance and head to Denverland. Uh, well, I, I would like to see them win, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not going to make an official prediction right now. It's probably not a good idea, even though I could. But ultimately, ultimately, I do still have the San Francisco 49ers winning the Silver Bowl. Uh, yes. Um, I do think the New England Patriots, though... I, I was kind of teasing to this on a previous, previous show, and I never got around to it. I was like, there's a team emerging in that AFC that I think is going to win it instead of the Broncos. And it's the Patriots. I still think the Patriots could win the AFC, believe it or not. No matter how many losses they've had. Now, unfortunately, that was before Gronkowski was out for the year, but still... No matter how many losses they've had, they still just seem to patch things together and win. And, and of course, John, John Elway. What am I talking about? Uh, Peyton Manning has had massive issues in the cold, he's, and he's been a pretty much a playoff choke with the exception of 2006, when they actually beat the Patriots in the AFC title game very late in that one. A very close one. But, the, at that point, yes. Uh, right now, I can see the Patriots representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Cincinnati or... San Diego or Kansas City or the Colts. I don't think the Colts are going to the Super Bowl this year. Dylan had the Colts going there, and actually, I believe winning it. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Anything could happen. <laughs> it's the playoffs. Crazy stuff can happen. most people would pretty much assume the Seahawks are going to go all the way and win this thing, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. But again, they're they're young too, most of them. So we'll see where things go from there. All right, we are going to wrap up the preview segment and get to your fan reaction right after this.
0: Oh my God, so Leslie Frazier is not the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings anymore. Hall of freaking Luya. You know, when you don't show any emotion on the sidelines, it's kind of hard for your team to get going. Face it. Yeah, we won a couple games at the end of the year, but you know what? Only one of those games was a defensive, you know, grind where the defense actually stood up and did something. I think we should re sign Robinson and Allen. I think we already did Robinson, but not 100% sure. I just think that for the better, I think we should give Mike Shanahan a shot. Uh, He's a winning coach, from what I can tell. I guess not really in the last few years. And he is in pretty much the toughest division in the NFL. You know, the Giants and the Skins and. Yes, um, So I don't know Shanahan's an option, I think he's probably the best suited one because he's very much uh, a competitor. from what I can tell, he definitely shows emotion. He's not sure. he's just not to stand there like, oh yeah, who really cares? blah blah blah. blah. So thanks
1: for having calling. And I thank you for that call. Sebastian, as always, a purple mafia Hall of Famer right there, Sebastian Balls from Seattle. He didn't introduce himself, but you know what? He doesn't have to, because we all know who Sebastian is, and welcome welcome, welcome back to the show. Missed you a little bit here? Yeah, it's, it's been a little while. I think he had one fairly recently, but before that, it had been quite a while, so awesome. Sebastian now from Seattle. Yes, Happy New Year to you, by the way, buddy. Um, yeah, lots to get to, of course. Uh, he's happy Fraser is gone. I agree, um, you know, and obviously Fraser's a good guy and all that good stuff, but it's all about results, and the results weren't there. Um, the thing about Fraser showing no emotion, I'm not too big on that, necessarily, not as much as I was years ago, I guess we'll say. Uh, I mean, yeah, it used to bug me about Dennis Green a little bit, but uh, everything bugged me about Dennis Green, even though his, uh, he had he had some good stuff on his resume, obviously, over the course of the Vikings, but he also brought in a lot of bad as well, in my opinion. Like, basically... Turned a great defense into no defense, and uh, just, just focused on offense. And then when even the offense wasn't working, it was like, blah. So, yeah, the emotion thing, it's like, it kind of depends on how you can put it together. I mean, look at Mike Yo with the Wild. He's emotional, but um, <laughs> just a little, he's a little too emotional, where he's like almost crying the other night when the Wild blew a 3-0 lead to the New York Islanders. Check out Brave the Wild, by the way, for, for that one. I talk about that extensively on that show. Yeah, basically calling for the guy's head. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's just, it it all matters on pedigree and results. And Frazier definitely did not have the results. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, the Chicago game, the Green Bay game, excuse me, Cleveland game. Um, Green Bay game, uh, yeah, there was some lapses. and There was lapses in every game, especially late when the defense needed to stop somebody. Frazier's defensive specialist, the Tampa 2, clearly... It's basically like Windows 98, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, apparently that's what it's looking like now. The The Tampa 2 is about as useful to the NFL as Windows 98 would be to a modern computer today. It's just just not going to work, you know what I mean? It it runs, it'll, it, it'll run, but it's not the best thing to, to use on your computer. That's basically what everybody was saying in the press conference. Yeah, we'll get into some more Spielman talk, I'm sure, here in this continued fan interaction. But, um... Yeah, the defense was, the defense did finally make a stand in one game. One game, yep, the D- Detroit game late here in the stretch. The Eagle game, the defense still got beat up, but pretty good by a very struggling and confused Philadelphia offense, which, as I mentioned, I think is not going to win the Saints game, even though I would love to see them kick the Saints, but it is, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't see it. Um, and yes, you talked about Robinson and Jared Allen, of course, Brian Robinson and Jared Allen, their contract status. Brian Robinson inked a basically the same deal that Jason Pominville did with the wild. Now, of course, it means a lot more to Jason Pominville and the NHL. It's like a higher contract than versus the uh, versus the NFL, but yeah, basically about the same, like about five years twenty eight million. So Brian Robinson inked. Jared Allen is a unrestricted free agent, his status, of course very, very up, up up, in the air. He wants to go to a Super Bowl. The odds of the Vikings getting there are slim, but not impossible. Though, of course, there's a certain position called the quarterback that's completely unfilled right now, so obviously that's a huge, <laughs> huge gaping hole for the Vikings' chances of getting to the Super Bowl anytime soon. In fact, I don't really remember any team adding a quarterback and going to the Super Bowl the same year. Um, even the quickest ones were Montana, Montana, and Tom Brady. I believe they were in their second year. So there it is, via you know, via the draft in that case, or even free agency. Vikings almost did it via free agency, but of course, just seems to never be the case. Uh, you like Mike Shanahan? Oh boy! Um, <laughs> you know, when Mike Shanahan was leaving Denver, the thoughts of him coaching this team were pretty pretty high, in my opinion, with an Adrian Peterson, a la Terrell Davis back in the day. A la Clinton Portis. Guys like that. No Sean Moreno. Yeah. You know, I'm just kidding. But yeah, the Denver Broncos running game was spectacular in the Mike Shanahan era, and the quarterback play was, you know, well, it was it was, it was was decent. Things seemed to change dramatically when John Elway left, and Mike, uh, excuse me, and uh, Terrell Davis had an ACL. It was never the same again. Shanahan was a good coach, but I think a lot like the Tampa 2, it looks like the game has passed him by a bit. Um... Just did not work out in Washington. We're talking total... Total epic failure, man. No, no, I'm I'm just teasing. But that's basically about... That's basically about what you would say, I guess. That's about the only thing you could say about him in Washington. Oh, man. He has the pedigree. He's got two rings. All that good stuff. But... I I just think he wouldn't match up with his team. But who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm guessing the Vikings will not contact him, but... Hey, more than welcome to give your opinions on anything though. That's that's terrific, actually. It's good it's good to have a strong opinion about something that's a little bit outside the box compared to other Viking fans who may be just saying John Gruden, John Gruden, and John Gruden, and John Gruden and John Gruden and Gruden, John Gruden. Yeah, who's not coming back to the NFL apparently. So how about Jay Gruden? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the Jay Gruden and Ken Wisenhunt range. So my veteran coach is Ken Wizenhunt. My new coach would be Jay Gruden. That's just the way I roll right now. And I'm looking at the way he handled Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. So that's where I stand on the coaching personally. Let's get to your uh, your opinions out there on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply go there and click like. Would be greatly appreciated. And get your opinions out there. You don't have to agree with everything. You don't have to agree with anything. So that's the nature of of the game, that's the name of the game when it comes to radio Carl O'Neill saying, <laughs> I can say this with a straight face, Castle had the worst game of any Vikings quarterback in the last three years now this was a response to um, Ponder's Curse that was Castlevania 3 episode 160 he was just talking about that game still but I figured I'd give him his time here, he says uh, the worst game by any Vikings quarterback in three years and that is saying a lot, the Castle has crumbled after his ego could not fit through the door um. Uh, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I don't know about the ego part. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. You're gonna have to fill me in on that one. I. I, I never really sensed a huge ego out of Mad Castle, but mm, maybe I'm wrong. I suppose. I'm. I'm. I just. Uh, I'm not sure. I see that. But that's cool. Good comment there. Pergy. Yep. And I mentioned the Pergy. Uh, what am I saying? Pergy Glazer. Yeah. Let's not do that backwards. <laughs> Fraser will be out. Uh oh, Brett McCarthy was saying I hope Brian Billick or John Gruden. So yes, Brian Billick's another veteran name that's been jumping around. Brian Billick, yeah. Wouldn't be totally against it, but he wouldn't be my first choice. He's a bit uh eh, he's he he does have a big mouth at times. He gets kind of <laughs> he gets edgy, but I don't necessarily mind that. He might be a might be an I mean, I I think he's an option, yeah, but I'm guessing he won't come back to the NFL. I think he's a lot like what John Gruden is right now. I don't understand why John Gruden's not coming back to the league, though. I, I really don't. I think he's, well, he's still young. Come on, John. Let's go. <laughs> David Longfield adding a picture of a Chucky-looking baby here. It looks like Chucky. <laughs> Saying, down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. you got to in- introduce that. You know, from the, the old Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali back in, was it the 60s or so? the old call there, with a the New York accent. David Longfield continuing, saying, I would also like to see Gruden. Yes, he would love to see Gruden. Mark Carlson saying, I was in the kitchen and heard a report on Fox. Next year will be so different all the way around. Yes, it will. Uh, no more Tampa too. That's done. Like I said, Windows 98, it's time to Time to time to put that in the garbage. Yes, time to time to uninstall a little Windows 98 and bring in the Windows 7 or 8. I personally prefer 7 still to this day because it's more standard. I don't like all this touchscreen crap yet. Um no. I mean I I I like it for navigation but sure as hell not for typing. Luckily most stuff you can have a keyboard with it. Uh, I'm just not all hip with the uh, Windows 8 just yet but I'll get there. Kelly Dalton Garza saying Justin Garza not sure what that's about. Justin responds with, "Oh, maybe she's trying to get his attention to post on here." He says, "Now clean out all the quarterbacks." Um, yeah, they might. <laughs> I guess uh, Ponder is still under contract, so it kind of depends. I think you kind of have to get rid of him, otherwise you're going to encourage Mister uh, Spielman to keep saying, "You got to play Christian Potter. You know, you got to put him in there." Yeah, <laughs> if you could hear that. He's the whispering whispering executive. Yes, just like he did with his hero, Josh Freeman. Oh, I don't even know what that... uh, There's a little mentalness going on with the Vikings organization, isn't there? They're they're mental over there. It sounds like, just like Josh Freeman, who apparently has no interest in returning to Minnesota, contrary to an early report saying he absolutely would come back, and like, yeah, I'd come back. Mark Carlson simply saying... <laughs> bye bye. Yes, sir. Matthew Kyle out of Maine saying good. Ryan Anderson saying see ya. And Dave Hickey wrapping this one up with good. He sucks. He should never have been brought in here. With his NFL worst completion percentage. That should have gotten Spielman fired. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been thinking. Um, it was, it was kind of like a Brandon Roy move. You know, it it really was. With David Kahn. That may have been the straw that broke the camel's back with Glenn Taylor and the Timberwolves. Yeah, and we recorded a recent show on that one. Timberwolves Explosion is also on iTunes. <laughs> I have to throw in the... I'm not trying to throw in the plug. It just happens to come around that way because, yeah, David Kahn brought in Brandon Roy. He gave him $5 million to play five games, and, yeah, I've said this on other episodes. I'll stop. You get the idea. It's similar, though. You just basically you threw money away. Fool me once, can't fool me again. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> KFAN was trying to bring out all these contradictory reports here. This one ended up being incorrect, because obviously Jay Glazer first tweeted that Frazier's done before the game. <laughs> yeah, right before the game against Detroit. Um, and then, uh, contra- uh, excuse me, uh, KFAN brought out the thing about how just Freeman has no interest. Before that, uh, another... There was another article somewhere saying, oh, believe it or not, he actually, Josh Freeman actually wants to come back. So, But KFN, I think they're right about that one. But apparently they were wrong about... Uh, they were wrong about Frazier. Mm, they were saying, not so fast. Vikings may be keeping Frazier after all. This generated a little frustration from Ryan Anderson and Carl O'Neill. Ryan saying, not sure if I want him to stay or go. Mm-hmm. Carl O'Neill saying, no, kick him out. (laughs) Oh, good stuff, guys. There's another one. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask for your uh, dome memories of saying, yep, everyone else is doing this, but I got to do it. It's just, hey, it's a 32-year-old stadium. A lot of us grew up with it, and other people, maybe they were in their youth when it started, like they were 18, 19, or they were 13. In my case, when the Metrodome first started in 1982, I would have been three, because I'm a 79er. Yeah, David Longfield saying roof collapse reminds me of their season. Because I was saying, uh, you know, your thoughts and your thoughts and favorite memories. Brett McCarthy saying when I took my wife and seven-year-old son to their first game, the Farvir, so two thousand nine. Oh, I wish you mentioned which game, but that's okay. Uh, Patty saying our first game at the Dome or at the Metro done. <laughs> Watching Chris Carr get his one thousandth reception. In the end zone against the Lions, my ears rang all the next day. Yep, and that was that was back in 2000. I just knew that straight out of the straight out of the memory banks. Yep, in my head. Yeah, it was in 2000. And Culpepper's first year as the starter. I still remember that one. The Vikings went 11 and one at that point, only to finish 11 and five, get past the Saints, and then good old 41 Donut did its thing on the Vikings. <clears throat> uh, Steve Hansen saying stage fright at the Trov, my first time there. Three years ago. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Yes, um, I feel you. Big time on that one, and I agree. Yeah, uh, Brent Jacobson saying a funny and very recent memory was seeing idiots trying to take down the We're Vikings, Not barbarian science right in front of a cop. And three security guards included. So, right in front of you guys. That's funny. Oh, oh Brent, love you. That, that's funny. <laughs> the heck is this? Is a hidden comment. Who did that? Whoa! Who did that? I didn't hide that. Sorry, Sebastian. I just unhid un- it. I have no idea who did that. I, I'm, it says 9 win over car- Cowgirls in the playoffs. Yeah, that might have been my stupid phone because sometimes it just lags and then I bump it and might have accidentally hid that. I had no intention to do that and it's back again now Sebastian. Dave Hickey saying goodbye Metrodome, not Mall of America Field yes I, I agree with you um, that was that was worse than the other than the other corporate named stadiums time to bring a championship banner to the new stadium that gives us two years to build a championship roster and be able to play anywhere inside or out hmm, yes skull Vikings yes good thoughts there good thoughts indeed what's left um. I'm going to dig. I'm gonna continue the Metrodome thing off the page uh, really quick, off of my f- page if I can find it here. I apologize for this, because my personal page, I posted it as well. I, I remember I got a little response going, there we go, good, from Paul and Dave Hickey. So Paul also completely agrees with Dave Hickey here. Paul Canneth, my buddy, obviously, who does listen when he can. Hopefully he's listening now. He moved to Seattle. I mentioned him, gave him a nice long shout-out, just like Sebastian, who also moved to Seattle, <laughs> Very recently, very recently, uh, he said, "H H H Metrodome, not Mall of America Field. Metrodome was the last stadium to not have a corporate name. Yes, sir. And Dave Hickey saying, it's time for a new regime and stadium. Thanks for the memories, Metrodome. Yes, sir. Yep, I'm glad I got those in. Yep, I just wanted to make sure I got that in. Yep, Paul Caniff getting his mention. Nice little shout out for you with the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Seahawks, <clears throat> according to a lot of people, I'm sure. I'll stick with my old my 49ers prediction for now. Paul almost moved to San Francisco. That's the funny part, one up in Seattle. So you got the... That's going to be a nice little rivalry with within a rivalry right there, isn't it? I <laughs> ah, only got one response, surprisingly, when I posted it this afternoon about the, the Josh Freeman was late to multiple meetings. And it was by Mr. Goldstar himself for the 2012 season. I'll be passing the seasonal stars out in episode, uh, well, excuse me, in the State of the Vikings episode come February. Mark saying, I guess you can't train him. What good is he? If you can't train him, what good is he? Exactly, I mean, yeah, Josh Freeman. Uh, sounds like another Demetrius Underwood as far as I'm concerned, where he just didn't didn't care. Uh, good physical skills, physical... Uh, uh, gifts didn't give a rat's. You know what? And that was the end of it. Way to go, Demetrius. Way to go, Joshy. Yes, sir. Go play with your tigers and or not tigers, like lizards and stuff and alligators. All he seems to like a lot of that stuff. Like uh, it's cool hobbies, but he's just a weird dude, man. <laughs> the weird dude. Weird dude. Alright, a couple more. Brent Jacobson worked at Gate C in the very final game in the Metrodome. He even added some pictures as well. Very cool, and Brent. uh, Very cool that he was able to experience the very, very last game in the Dome. I'm still mad at myself for not getting a ticket, man. I mean, so many reasons. So many reasons to appreciate the Metrodome. As bad of a a facility it was, you know, talk about Windows 98 for the Kappa 2. The Metrodome is like Windows (laughs) Windows One, <laughs> no, that would be the Met Stadium, which was just an Erector set built by uh, built built with Lincoln logs and and uh, tin foil, basically. <laughs> Even though it was the history of it is just oh my God, it's unbelievable. Um, the ghosts still haunt Mal of America, hmm, basically the ghosts of the 1965 World Series and the 1975 uh, uh, playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure those ghosts still haunt that place to this day. Um, But, yeah, the Metrodome, I mean, you get the ghost of Kirby Puckett. Now, yeah, I'm just teasing about the ghost thing. But, yeah, the memories of Kirby Puckett. The memories of Keith Millard and um, Kirby Puckett especially being that he's no longer with us. He's gone as of March 2006. March 6th, I believe, 2006. God rest his soul yet again. But, um, yeah, the Metrodome, it's just... So many memories growing up. 87, you know, all those great games against the Bears, the Packers, the Lions. I'm so glad the last game was against a divisional opponent. Would have preferred the Bears, but hey, at least at least you took care of business, I guess, against both of the Chicago and Detroit in their final games in the Dome. I mean, that makes it look better, even though it was a unimportant uh, situation. You know, no playoff, playoff implications of any kind. Uh, neither team, none of the three teams made it. Only Green Bay, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, so many memories. You know, Randall McDaniel, Randall Cunningham, John Randall. Uh, Obviously, Kevin Williams plays his whole career there. It looks like maybe he'll end up... uh, We don't know if he's going to retire or come back yet. Um, Man, who else is... uh, Yeah, since I'm getting close to wrapping up the Facebook page, I can kind of go on this spiel here for a bit. Oh... Man, uh, so many. Jeff Christie, uh, trying to name a lot of the big ones. Matt Burke, Tommy Kramer was the original quarterback in the Dome. Mm-hmm. Metrodome tore quite a few times. Uh, 81, yes, 81. And then early, uh, 82, December of 82, it tore. Playing it before I before the Vikings played the, I forget if it was the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it was the Cowboys. They ended up winning the game. Yep, I I actually watched a YouTube video about a week ago before I recorded this show here, but after the other one, because um, I got really into nostalgia about the Metrodome because I knew the last game was coming. Yeah, Vikings went on to win a playoff game against Atlanta that year back in 82 season. Uh, it tore again, I believe, in 86, 83. It tore several times, and then it didn't tear again until 2010 from sometime in the 80s, it didn't tear during the 91 blizzard with 30 inches of heavy wet snow. In um, the 91 Halloween blizzard, which I still very much remember, 30 inches of snow and the dome didn't tear. But it did tear because of the extreme winds and cold in 2010. 18-inch snowfall. Apologize for the noise here. But, um, yeah, lots of memories. Kirby Puckett, obviously, Ken Herbeck. Dan Gladden, Frankie Sweet Music Viola, Jack Morris, oh man, I just, you know, you get emotional remembering these people, Burt Blylevin who obviously still calls Twins games but you miss seeing him actually as a player Les Straker Uh, Les Steckle too (laughs) Uh, oh man Bud Grant a little bit Jerry Burns, the Meltdown man (laughs) Oh, greatest Meltdown of history of the Metrodome was Jerry Burns in 89 yep Right before they won the division, eee! what did the who did they beat? Cincinnati, I think. Pretty funny game. Check that one out on YouTube. Or Burnsy Melts Down. <laughs> uh, gosh, it just goes on and on. So many Metrodome memories. Oh, so many Metrodome memories. So, yeah, I mean, if you want your chairs, if you want to buy a chair, apparently you can. You all know, just Google it about buying the chairs. I'm sure you'll find it. It should be in the StarTribune.com as well. Uh, if you want any chair, it's like 60 bucks, 40 to 60 bucks, I believe. And if you want a specific chair, like maybe, man, I went to this game, I sat in this seat for 10 years. You know, I want this chair. <laughs> then it's like 80 So, yeah, they charge you extra for giving you a specific one because it's a little more extra work for them, I'm sure, to try to dig up the correct one. So, with that... Maybe I'll come up with some more Metrodome memories along the way. I mean, I saw the Vikings play the 49ers there. I saw them play the Titans, the Redskins in 98. Oh, that was fun. We tore them to pieces. Um, Falcons in 2008. Lot. I mean, I, I saw quite a few games there, but obviously Twins games, Vikings games. Never went to a Timberwolves game in their only season there. Set an NBA record for attendance that still, still stands today. Um, you had the Super Bowl. You had the Final Four twice. You had the World Series twice. I think there's some other stuff as well, very significance that I'm blanking on, so I apologize for that, but <laughs> for the sake of time and for the sake of uh, not boring you too much, even though going down memory lane is a lot of fun in my opinion, we will give the Metrodome a moment of silence. Yes, thank you Metrodome, thank you <laughs> for so many years, thank you all of you that worked there for so long and You know, kept the dome running, (laughs) rebuilding the roof, repairing the roof, all that good stuff for all your hard work and for keeping, uh, you know, what was a pretty cheap stadium, a very magical place indeed. So, thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. And uh, we will miss the Metrodome. And we're definitely looking forward to that new stadium that's going to take over. And, well, we're hoping for a slightly warmer winter. In uh, the next two years, for those of us that will be going to the TCF Bank Stadium in December. Yes, coming next season. That will be little metred- uh, little Mets stadium memories, <laughs> except a much nicer looking building. and About the same size, which is funny in terms of seating. Maybe not space, but seating. <laughs> Alright, let's keep moving here on the Facebook page. Mark Carlson was rooting for <laughs> the wonderful Cordero uh, Patterson touchdown from 50 yards. I rush. He was excited about the win as well, just saying, simply saying it's a win. Sebastian, again, saying exactly what he said in the call, that the replacement should be Shanahan and Skull, Good job, Vikings getting rid of Frazier. And then Brent Jacobson, very nice to put up all these candidates. Very appreciative of this, actually, uh, from the Pioneer Press. Saying uh, The possible replacements are Daryl Bevel, Seattle Offensive Coordinator, Todd Bowles. Arizona D coordinator, Jack Del Rio, Denver D coordinator, James Franklin. Yeah, I almost forgot about that one. That was a very obscure one that I, no way. He's only like 35. Yeah, I brought him up last show. Vanderbilt head coach, Adam Gaze, out of offensive coordinator, Denver. Jay Gruden, yes. Cincinnati O coordinator, Sean McDermott, Carolina D coordinator. Yes, sir. Bill O'Brien, Obviously, now the <coughs> Houston Texans head coach, but Penn State head coach did a good job there. Mike Prefer, Vikings special teams coach. Dan Quinn, Seattle D coordinator. Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman, the former Packers coach, I believe, yes. The offense, offensive coordinator. And Pat Shermer, Eagles offensive coordinator. So The comments on each below uh, from Bevel, or excuse me, from uh, uh, Brent. Saying, I have a feeling he's a uh, that Bevel's a bit like Chud slash Chili, the hot coordinator, but not a good head coach candidate. I agree. I'm I'm with you on that one. He didn't call plays. He didn't call plays when he was here in Minnesota. Yeah, he brought in Brett Favre, or he helped bring in Brett Favre, but he he was just he was kind of more of a lackey than anything else. Yes, he's done a good job with Seattle, but I suppose it's like, but uh, he's he wouldn't be on top of my list. He'd be like fifth. He'd be like fifth out of these ten guys. Somewhere in there, in my opinion. I agree with you when you say Bowles. Don't know a lot about him. The Arizona D coordinator. Me neither. And Arizona is like, you know, they're have a they weird about their defense. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But, hey, Arizona was really cool this year. And this guy, Bowles, had to put up with <laughs> Honey Badger. Yeah, yeah, had to put up with old Honey Badger. <laughs> Gaze out of Denver, of course. High potential, but not sure he's ready to to be a head coach yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that too, because it's like just because the quarterback sets a franchise record or league record in, in yards, which may be overturned here because it's some seven-yard play, but um, just because of that does not mean he's the best coordinator in the league because the quarterback is Peyton Manning here. It's not because Gaze is so great. It's because the quarterback is great. John Gruden, or Jay Gruden, intriguing. I feel you. Where's Del Rio? Oh yeah, he says he's, uh, for Del Rio, he says probably would be a good coach, just not sure if the Vikings would go for a defensive guy again this time. Mm-hmm. Del Rio, yeah, uh, he, he would be in my top three. Yeah, I, I like Del Rio. I think he would be in my top three, but probably third. <laughs> um, yes, he would be third, actually. Well, no. No? I think I might go with Quinn, actually. Quinn. Dan Quinn uh, for three. Del Rio fourth. Uh, McDermott, he says, C Del Rio. Yep, so he's got some potential. O'Brien's, uh, on Hughes is to Houston. Prefer, he says, head scratcher. Quinn saying, C McDermott and Del Rio. Sherman, not sure what to think here. Shermer, same as Sherman. Yeah, so, yep, I'm with you a bit on those. It's Thanks for bringing those together, though. Do appreciate it. Thanks for posting it on the page. Brent, very good about that a lot of times. Really appreciative. Very cool. Stephen A. Smith saying it's about time. Just kidding, Joey. Looking forward to it when I mentioned that I'll finally be recording the show today. <laughs> so we'll quickly slide over to the Twitter account. At Purple Mafia Show. Give it a follow. Running Aces favorited when I said uh, Purple Mafia episode is out, whatever, last week, so very cool. So if anybody from Running Aces is listening, let me know. Ah, That's pretty cool. Running Aces, yes. That's pretty cool. Because I've been there a few times last summer with my fiancé. Dave Martin was saying, are the Lions tagging this to get rid of their coach? I think so. <laughs> I do think so. Yes. Um, Dave, continuing. Dave's out of Scotland. He says, looks like our players are doing the same now. Because yeah, there was no offense whatsoever. And uh, the defense got a little worse there. But mostly the offense. Dave continuing saying 15 minutes of the season left, thankfully coaches out tomorrow. Season to forget. One a uh, couple two more here. Has yeah, quite a few. Yep, he said 30 yeah, 32 off 32 yards of offense in the half was yeah, that was terrible. He was brought that one up. Oh man. Yep, you like to see he <laughs> like to see uh the bright spot of the season was CP84. Hmm. Trade AP? (laughs) No. He said, if we could get a first, I would do it. I don't know. You know, it kind of does depend. It depends on Adrian's health and all that, but I would say no right now. It depends on how high the first is, I suppose. (laughs) If it brought us Teddy Bridgewater, maybe. But maybe, because obviously the quarterback is more important than running backs this day and age. Unfortunately, that's where it's going. In the early 90s, it would be Adrian with a bullet. Unless you had Joe Montana or Steve Young or... Well, what turned out to be <clears throat> Um, Dave again saying, Oh, joy, the Hicks will be happy. Hope the Bears dagger them. <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't work out. Two last ones here, guys. Uh, Dave saying, Now my AFC team is the Chargers. Seeing what Ken Wisenhunt has done, I hope the Vikings go after him. Yeah. I hope the Vikings go after Ken Wisenhunt, too. Uh, I've got, yeah, my top three is Ken Wisenhunt first, Jay Gruden second, Dan Quinn third, Jack Del Rio number four, five. Uh, I guess Bevel. I guess, but mm, that's kind of more of an I guessy type of deal. Here's the last one here, wrapping up. Dave saying, "What's better than than a purple win? A R twelve, <laughs> and a second interception versus the Bears. Oh, and the and the Saints missing out and winning the South." Yeah, I like that the Saints missed out on winning the South. Sure. Yes, I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I would say the Saints are the ba- is the best thing that they missed out on winning the South. Yes, I, I would say that Aaron Rodgers is AR-12, by the way, um, because unfortunately his second interception didn't cost him. He still ended up winning. So I guess the Saints winning, the, missing out on winning the South is the best thing. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dave. Where are you going to get the stars? Time to pass the stars out. Boy, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? All kinds of good comments. Mm, boy, oh boy. Let's get some stars going. I'm going to give star number one 2 I'm going to give the gold star... Okay, I'm going to do it backwards. Bronze star will go to Sebastian. Very good call. Very good comments as well. Silver Star is gonna to go to Patty yeah Patty had a really cool one there talking about Chris Carter's thousand percent I just thought that was cool to to hear that that was that was nice number one is gonna to go to number one uh, gold star is gonna to go to Brent Jacobson all the all the stuff we put up there the information the pictures from the dome and all that so gold star Brent Jacobson. So there you go. Thanks you everybody for that. <laughs> for commenting, always comment, guys. Never be afraid to comment. Indeed, please do also give me a, give us a rating on iTunes if you could. Would be greatly appreciated. If you like the show, give us a positive rating on there. Write what you like about the show. You can keep it brief if you like. You don't have to write a big essay. You don't have to be like, oh, what should I say? I don't know what to say. Ah, you know, you don't have to say a lot. Don't you don't have to think about it too much. Don't make don't don't. Wear yourself out on it. If you want to help the show, simply do that. I'll, I'll, I'll always the. There's also always the <laughs> the Amazon black button on the sportstuff.com. That helps as well. If you go click on that before you buy something off Amazon, very simple to do. Of course, go to the SportsStuff.com and click on that black button. All that good stuff. Remember the phone line is 209-736-7877 If you want to call in, thank you all so very much for being a part of the show. Thank you for, hey, <laughs> thank you for making it more fun for me on a yet another season with the Minnesota Vikings. The official season wrap-up show will be after the Super Bowl, State of the Vikings 2014, but we will cover the playoffs all the way through. I'll try to get Dylan Richardson on, maybe someone else, who knows, we'll see what happens. Or maybe I'll just have to do it solo because uh, if my schedule is too tight, uh, going solo it might be a must for the time being because... If my schedule's tight, I kind of almost have to go solo because it's tough to get with some to get get the schedule correct with someone else. So that's how it goes. All right. Also, want to throw in one final shout out, Adam Carlson. Oh, almost, almost went on his show this week, but I couldn't. I was just too tired. So I do thank you, Adam. If if you're still if you're listening right now, I do thank you for the offer for being on your show. Would have been really nice to be on the Purple People Podcast, but unfortunately, just. Way too tired. I'm still kind of mad at myself for not just going on anyway. Screw it, you know. (laughs) So thanks again, Adam. And uh, maybe I'll have him on the show at some point. Hey. So, or maybe you'll hear me on that one, too. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Go 49ers. (laughs) And go 49ers and Patriots in the playoffs. All right. Take care, everybody.